Yeah, I um, I attend a church here that um, it's only about ten years old, um, and it's so it's fairly young um, compared to a lot of churches here in Nashville, and that's just something that they do really well. And I'm um, considering it's a church full of millennials. Um, I think what they've mastered is being able to um, cater conversation and be hospitable to them, um, to our generation. And uh, one way that I've seen that done really well, you know, with me and other people is um, never prioritizing um, a checklist of what needs to get done over a conversation. Welcome back to the Burlap Podcast. My name is Paul Sheneman. I'm the host of the Burlap Podcast. And today I have Maddie Fowler. Um, and Maddie, just to start off, tell us a little bit about where you're at and, uh, and what you do. Paul, thanks for um, having me here today. Um, I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. I work for a nonprofit called Barefoot Republic, which is a nonprofit that seeks to have Christ-centered relationships for um, kids of all ages through a camp ministry. Um, and what's different is that they seek out um, kids of different racial backgrounds, cultural backgrounds, and socioeconomic backgrounds, and um, comes at an equal platform of um, camp to serve them and to um, share the gospel with them. So that's kind of what I do. That's how I spend all of my um, time. Um, so your your role there? Are you the camp director? Do you take care of programming? Are you in charge of staff? Are you what's your what's I, your the hats yeah. you wear? I um right now I only just got hired about a month ago and I'm hired as um in an administrative role and so right now I'm helping with um, prepping for camp um, all of the fine details um, all the things that include in you know that realm of preparation, camps and registration, but then on the off-season we do retreats, and so I help with coordinating with different churches and groups here in Tennessee and some in Kentucky, and, um, but then I get a hand in program staff as well, which is really great, and hopefully I'll be moving in that direction and doing that. Awesome. So, so Maddie, what is your interest, particularly in helping the church reach millennials, that generation that's born roughly between 1980 and 2000, um, and helping the church reach them with the gospel. Yeah. Um, well, I myself am a millennial, and um, you know, being in Nashville, I feel like it's very much the belt buckle of the um, Bible belt. And mm-hmm. um, what's, what's interesting and what's a little bit different than maybe a lot of people's experience is um, more people than not, like, you will meet, you can throw a rock and hit a million Christians. Like, there's just Christians everywhere. Um, But Mm -hmm. the difference in something my my heart really beats for is people who live um, and go to church because it's an expectation um, just in a Southern culture Mm -hmm. and um, people who really, like, understand the gospel and, and, like, live it out and love Jesus because of it. Um, And so it's a little bit different, um, take on millennials in the church, but just um, having 
millennials and quite frankly everyone, but just aware that the gospel is, um, you know, a relationship-based thing and it's not an old traditional like, um, you know, dead religion kind of thing. And um, uh-huh. so that's kind of where my heart is here, down here so now <laughs> in we, the South. So in that, what do you see as things that the church has been doing that has been kind of a, a block or a hindrance for millennials understanding the gospel or really grasping onto the core of the gospel? Mm-hmm. Um, well, something that um, I guess I've noticed, and I, I try to be careful um, in talking about this because I do believe like it's really beautiful to have um, <clears throat> like historical traditions and things that are like sacred of the church. I absolutely believe in those things. And, but I think it gets a little sticky. Um, and I think where some um, disconnect is, is when a church is just too stuck in their ways to, um, I guess, reach out to a generation that just functions a little bit differently and, and not being threatened by um, what they believe in and kind of like, having that be a fear, like, oh, well, if we change what we do, then that changes what we believe. And, you know, I think that that's just a really fine misunderstanding of, you know, you can kind of go about it a little bit differently and still um, just reach a a generation that just requires a little bit of a different take on things and the gospel is still the same, Jesus is still the same. And so I think that's where it gets a little rough. Um, It's when people kind of get more stuck in... Uh, their ways and instead of adapting to what is necessary to reach people. Maybe in, in one way the church not being hospitable to uh, millennials and allowing the type of questions and conversations that they want to have be a part of yes. the community conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's something that um, I've seen done really well. Um, just, you know, uh, just having there be a space for people um, to feel safe talking mm-hmm. about anything that they want to talk about. I think that's really essential of feeling like they belong, that they're not any lesser mm-hmm. um, than people who w- are very devout in their Christianity, um, and but instead coming at a place of, hey, I relate to you very much so. Like you and I, we're both sinners, and here's just the difference. Here's how my life has been different. And so I think it's a... Uh, just creating that safe space for people and um, is what makes a huge difference to people opening up and wanting to know more about um, why we believe what we believe and why it's different. Mm-hmm. Now you said you've, you've seen that or you, you've been a part of that before. Uh, what, in what way have you been a part of that uh, within the life of the church where you've been um, welcomed into a safe place to just ask whatever questions you want and uh, to know that you can have a, an authentic dialogue or a meaningful dialogue around those? Yeah, I, um, I attend a church here that um, is only about 10 years old, um, and it's, so it's fairly young um, compared to a lot of churches here in Nashville, and that's just something that they do really well, and I'm considering it's a church full of millennials. Um, I think what they've mastered is being able to um, cater conversation and be hospitable to them, um, to our 
generation. And uh, one way that I've seen that done really well, you know, with me and other people is um, never prioritizing um, a checklist of what needs to get done over a conversation um, that someone is needing to have with one of our church staff or our pastors. And, and they just do really well of using their time and mm-hmm. making sure that, you know, people, whether it's people of our church family or people not of our church family, people who are seeking or just have questions, like their time um, is really valued in our um, in our church staff. And so I think that um, that's just really different and something I don't see a lot in a lot of churches because it takes a lot to get, you know, church going on a Sunday and events that you have, but um, it's just it's just never been too important to set aside time for a conversation with someone who wants to know more about Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And so what church do you go to down in Nashville? It's called Ethos Church. Okay. And you said that it's a fairly young church, about been around about 10 years. Is mm-hmm. most of the congregation um, those that are in their 20s and 30s? Yep, that's correct. Okay. And now is that an intentional part of uh, of the the church that they reach out to that age group and uh, or is it just by happenstance because of the context that they're in and uh, the way that the ministry was was started and yeah I think it's the I think it's the latter um, considering we have I think like I mean multiple college campuses here in Nashville and like we have Belmont and Vanderbilt and Lipscomb and Trevecca, like just to name a few. Um, they're mm-hmm. all in the city of Nashville, and um, we have three different campuses um, for Ethos, and they're all, um, you know, reasonably close to these colleges. And so I think it's just a place that um, these kids and or these college students and young adults are drawn to. Yeah, yeah, and. <clears throat> And besides, like on Sunday and stuff, is there a, a, there, is there a programming thing or an uh, initiative or like a core value um, within the church that pushes them to value um, conversation over the program, um, mm-hmm. the relationship mm-hmm. over the program? Well, we have this, um, it's a similar thing to like a small group. We call it house church. And it's just a time to meet during the week um, and commit to you know, a group of people um, to live life with them. And they set it up um, differently than I've seen it before. And it's cool because, you know, growing up I was a part of a small group and it was kind of you can expect the same thing. We sit in the classroom or we go to someone's house and we kind of do the same thing. But this one um, it's a little bit different um, just to uh, – model after living life with people. We have like two weeks of discussion of, you know, the previous week's message. And then one week we talk about our community. We pray for our community. We go and like discuss how we're serving our community or like how can we encourage one another to serve our community or whatever. And then um, another week we'll, you know, share a meal together. And so I think that that's cool to um, anyone, any walk of any walk of life, anywhere in their faith, is that's a relatable place um, to be. It's not like a scholarly class and, and where you have to know things. It's just very discussion-based, life-based. 
um, relationship kind of group. Yeah, yeah. That sounds uh, like a great way to connect with a, a group of people that are are seeking out relationships and, and connections, especially mm-hmm. with, uh, with peers, uh, and uh, to to have conversations that are around Christ. Well, thank you for being a part of this. And uh, and if people want to connect with you or continue like having a conversation with you. Where can they find you? Are you on Twitter? Do you have a website? Do you have some place where people can connect with you? Yeah, um, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. I don't have a Twitter anymore, um, okay. but those two options are absolutely accessible to anyone who needs it. 